Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. Well, in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about six ways to develop your child's self-esteem, but not breed narcissism. We hear just so much about narcissism all over the place, and I think it's really important that we as parents, recognize that we can actually, by the kinds of things that we say and how we bring our children up, we can unintentionally breed narcissism when we try to build their self-esteem. So I want to try and unpack six ways that we can, as parents, make sure that we are developing a child's self-esteem but not breeding narcissism. But before we begin, I want to talk to you about my new book coming out on August 8 called How to Help Your Child Clean Up Their Mental Mess, A Guide to Building Resilience and Managing Mental Health. And boy, am I excited about this. This is honestly the product of the 38 years of being in this field. When I practiced clinically, I had so many young patients from the age of two all the way through all, all ages. But my youngest were two and three years of age. I'm a mother of four. My children are all adults now. And I tell you, this is filled with not only my own personal experience as a parent, but also all my clinical experience plus clinical research. It's, for, it's simple. It's easy to use. It's what you've been asking me for. How do I help my child manage anxiety, depression, deal with trauma, deal with bullying, deal with those social things that can happen, build their identity, all these things that are so hard as parents, dealing with parent guilt, how to help yourself to help your child. It's filled with all kinds of little images. I've created this little image called Brainy. I actually created him 25 years ago, and I had a Disney artist draw him up 25 years ago, and now what I've had done is updated Brainy and with, with a new artist who's brilliant, and we've got all these scenarios of Brainy throughout the book to help you and your child on this mental health journey. So I've even got a toy, so you can even get the toy. So your child, you have the book, you can show all the images to your child, and then we have our little superhero Brainy that helps us walk the mental health journey with our children. And even to make it even easier, we have a coloring book, which is color with brainy and friends and there's brainy and friends and you can color in there's all kinds of great scenarios once again with brainy and just showing different scenarios where you what's really cool about this book too is like i'll have i'll have the title like hugging brainy feeling happy affectionate excited so there's all kinds of scenarios and they can color in they can refer back to this they could cut these out you can draw and write like little things over here as maybe you're dealing with something with your child and this coloring this in has helped them to activate whatever that is that they're working on. And then they can fill in little, you know, more drawings here or you could make some notes or they could write words or whatever the case may be. So here's your mental health toolkit for your child to help you help your child manage their mental mess, which couldn't come sooner because, as you know, we have such a crisis with mental health and it really boils down to how we are teaching our kids how to manage their mental health. You know, if we give them the message that they are fragile and that they are a broken brain, we pretty, pretty much don't develop their resilience nor, the, nor do we develop their psychological immunity. I'm trying to get Brainy to sit still here so that you can see him while I'm talking. So we really need to be giving our children the tools to be able to tell their story to recognize and validate and tell them it's okay to be a mess. And it's okay to be a messy parent and it's okay to be a, a messy in life because life is messy, but we've got to manage that mess. So we don't want to label and medicate. We want to free our children and empower them to manage 
what has happened and what will happen because it's inevitable that stuff is going to happen as we know. So back to today's podcast. So how can we make sure we are developing self-esteem and not narcissism? And I think this is so important. Okay, so I've got six points that I'm going to make, but I just want to you know introduce this topic because what really stimulated this decision to do this podcast was a post by Adam Grant and he comments there, he makes a great suggestion there. Of, he, he puts a great statement down where he says in his post, you are sp- we should rather say things like, you are special to me, not you deserve special treatment. And that really triggered that, you know, the, the thinking in me that this is really important, how we say things to our children, the kind of messages that we give them, they're going to they're gonna wire those into their brain and their body and their mind and they're forming the how they are viewing themselves and how they are play this is going to play out into the world and so you know without making parenting even more difficult but it, it is difficult i'm trying to help make it easier so that we can practice having little statements and things to help us to make sure we kind of doing this the right way and obviously on the way we will be get messy I already did one past podcast on messy parenting, and I'm going to do another one on because I think it's so important. But let's see what we can, how we can handle this narcissism versus, she said, we're hard to say, versus self-esteem. And another thing that stimulated me, besides Adam Grant's post, was also an article I read in the Washington, I think it was in the Washington Post, about a study that was done in a peer-reviewed, a peer-reviewed journal, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, a peer-reviewed U.S. journal. And a very interesting, it was a very interesting study. And it's basically the study, summary of the study was that parents who praise children too much may encourage narcissism. So when we overpraise a child, we may be encouraging narcissism. Now, I'm not saying a narcissist study is saying that we shouldn't praise our children. Gosh, I still praise my children and we need to. But it's, if it's too much or done in the incorrect way, it can have the opposite objective. These researchers followed more than 500 children and they say that parental warmth, how warm you are towards your child, that empathy, and I did a whole podcast on you know being warm and empathic with your child, which I recommend you listen to, is a better strategy than inflating the ego. Okay, so we want to give warmth and love and tune in and empathy and value them as a human versus inflating their ego, which is not going to, you know, that bubble will burst and it will burst in the wrong way. The, this this journals, they what they also indicated was that they actually surveyed 565 children in the Netherlands over the course of a year and half along with parents, the year and a half along with parents, so for about 18 months, so children and parents. And the researchers show that One of their main statements is people with high self-esteem think they're as good as others, whereas narcissists think that they are better than others. I mean, this is powerful stuff. So if we praise our children too much, we encourage narcissism. We've got to be careful that we are inflating their egos versus teaching them empathy and building their self-esteem through warmth and empathy. And as they say, and I'm going to read that statement again from the actual, what the researchers showed, uh, with 565 children and the adults for over 18 months, is that people with high self-esteem think they're as good as others, whereas narcissists think that they are better than others. So there's the key. So here's some, here's the first strategy to help us achieve this goal. And here are some 
basic statements that you could say. And these are just samples, but they'll give you an idea. And then you could work out a bunch of your own. And I recommend you do that. You know, put them, write them down somewhere. You could write them down in this coloring book and it could be on the first page and you could have it over there as a, like a, a sort of constant reminder of the sorts of things you need to say to your child or wherever you want. I mean, in your phone or however you want to do it, but write these down, memorize them. So you've got them on hand when you need them. Because kind of when we need them, if we don't have these things wired into our brain and the neural trees there, we're not going to draw on them. But whatever we've spent the time wiring into our brain with our mind, they're going to be on hand. If what we think about grows, we want them on hand. So when we need them, they're there. So we say the right thing. And that's the whole thing with life, parenting, all these things that I teach you, all the ideas. Don't like think, oh, I've read the book, I'm going to remember. You've got to practice these things. You've got to wire these into your brain through mastering these, and then you can use these in your toolbox. And the way you do that is to use it for yourself and practice on yourself. So, you know, that's going to help you then use it with your children. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we face with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Often I find myself at a crossroads in life, faced with a number of choices that feel right even though each one leads in a different direction. At times like these, I think it's so helpful to have someone you trust that you can talk to. Someone there to help you see things from a different perspective. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And therapy makes this so much easier. Indeed, therapy is a great tool to not only learn how to make hard decisions, but also to discover positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself and isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash leave today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash leave. I just want to say that some of you may be saying, hey, listen, I don't even have time to do anything for myself as a parent. I get that. I grew up with, I had four children, as I mentioned, and, you know, I've got four degrees and I was studying while I was having babies and I've been running a business ever since. And I understand busy and I totally and utterly respect and validate what you're saying. And it's a matter of us. That's why, that's why I'm giving you tools and guidelines that, you know, take some time for yourself, work on yourself, give yourself that space, take some time to practice getting good skills in place to help you when you need them. So not at the last minute when you kind of then reactive. So number one, first strategy to help us are certain statements and guidelines. So I'm going to reread Adam Grant's one because I think it's fantastic. So you are special to me, not you deserve special treatment. Can you hear the difference there? The one is warmth. The one is empathy. The one is loving. The one is encouraging deep meaningful communication and the the other one is is kind of saying hey you deserve something because you're better than someone else the latter breeding narcissism the first breeding self-esteem or growing okay next next statement everyone similar statement but listen to the difference everyone is special including you versus you are more special than other children 
or you are more special than whoever. See? So instead of using you are more special, you can say everyone is so special, including you. Okay? That breeds, it's the warmth. The other one is, is breeding the narcissism. Next statement. Everyone deserves good things in life. Not you deserve something extra in life. See? You, bringing a child up thinking you deserve, that means everyone else doesn't deserve. There's something about me that's better than everyone else. There you've inflated the ego, leaning towards narcissism versus everyone's amazing. Everyone's unique. Everyone deserves something special. Slight shift of language makes an enormous difference, especially if this is what the child is hearing all the time. So you want to, the, the, the good self-esteem statements you want to say all the time. When you say the others, you want to catch yourself and correct yourself. So we need to be observant about what we're saying to our children, even our adult children. So next one. We all have something we can learn from each other. Not, my child is a great example for other children to follow. Okay, this is really a cool one as well. So we all have something to learn from each other. There's something I can learn from you as my child. There's something you can learn from me as your mom. There's something you can learn from your friend. There's something you can learn from your sibling. Everyone can learn from each other versus my child is a great example for other children to follow. It makes them, sets them apart as something different and something better than other people. That will be narcissism. Another one, make sure that you, when you praise, so remember the amount of praise you give and also the quality of praise. Make sure that the praise that you give is for effort, not just for fixed qualities like being smart or athletic. So if someone's really good in getting good grades or really great athlete, athletes, be careful that you don't say, oh, you're an amazing athlete. Oh, those are fantastic grades. Hook that onto, wow, the effort that you put into this exam is incredible. You put hours into this exam. That's amazing. So you're praising the effort versus just the grade. And you could take on it. So, you know, that, that's a fantastic grade you got. But the effort, the effort's where you want to, what you want to praise, the work that they did to get there. And even if it was quick, it wasn't really necessarily time. It, over time, it built up. It was the quality of what they put into that. That's what you want to praise. The hardworking, you know, athlete, gosh, you spent hours practicing throwing that basketball. That is just fantastic. You know, and I see it played out in your game versus, you know, that. Oh, fantastic game. You did brilliantly. You know, you're gonna, that's going to pop out your mouth first. But just make sure you follow up. You, you got there through that incredible hours that you spent in practicing throwing that ball over and over and over. Well done. Okay. And that also means that, you know, if they didn't score 10 goals or if they didn't get that grade that maybe they were going for, you expected, it's the effort that's the most important thing. The score and the goal is just the, the, the side effect, you know, the, the great benefit. The most important thing is that effort. And I know you know this, but are you, is this inside of you so deep that it's coming out? Is this wired in that it's coming out that you catch yourself? Because yes, you may think that the child will know that, but if you keep praising just the external or the result, the effort and the effort's not sufficiently praised, the result is what they're wiring in. Whatever you think about the most will grow. Now, that, that related to this, praise for progress and attitude, if deserved, okay? So praise for progress, wow, you got 
three out of ten for your spelling test last week. Now you've got four out of ten. That's progress. That's great. Not, oh my gosh, you're still doing badly. Okay? Or I'm not going to withhold and be withdrawn and hold back any communication. You know, you're not saying that out loud. It's what you're holding back. They bring their test home and you, hmm. Next one home at four out of ten, hmm. You know, that's very stressful. Just doing that makes my heart beat. Okay, so, hey, you made progress. Hey, okay, you got the same score, but you know what? Let's look together and see what we can do to, to, to improve that, to see how we can get, you know, where, where, why. Let, let's look at why. Let's see how we can improve your spelling score for next time. But you know what? You tried. That's good. At least you're trying. That's the effort. What can we do more to help you? You know, things, that kind of stuff. You And then, like, if they get one more point higher or something, you're improving at spelling. This is great. And if they say, oh, I didn't get 10 out of 10, or little Johnny always gets 10 out of 10, oh, I'm stupid. No, you're not stupid. You're learning. You're improving. Each What what can we learn from, from this? If you didn't get 9 out of 10, but you got 5 out of 10 instead of 4 out of 10, or you got the same, what can we learn from this? Okay. Praise kids for kindness. If you see them being kind to a sibling, a friend, a dog, an uncle, an aunt, a granny, you know, notice that, validate that, praise them. So that was such a nice thing to say to your to your friend there. Or that was such a kind thing that you did for your brother. That's such a kind thing that you that you did for me. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know, when you acknowledge that, that grows resilience in the brain, that goes into their brain, that is great energy that's going to strengthen that network in the brain, and they'll do it more. And that's very healthy for the mind-brain-body connection and for deep, meaningful connections. The feedback loop that you set up is fantastic for your child's mental health. Praise a child for caring. You know, if a child comes up to you and sees that you're tired and they sit next to you and they touch you and say, hey, mom, can I do something for you? Hey, mom, can I turn on your best, your favorite TV program? Or, hey, mom, can I make you a cup of tea? And it's like, you know, even if it's the worst tea you've tasted. Just that caring. Just praise them for that. Thank you for caring. Thank you for caring for for your dog and giving them fresh, clean water because they're so hot. Empathy. Praise them for empathy. When they tune into someone else's pain and they notice it, praise them for it. When they're thankful to you and they say, Mom, thanks for such a yum din- yummy dinner and, you know, praise them for being thankful for that. Thank you for thanking me. I really appreciate that you, that you appreciated me. Thank you. And when they own their mistakes and say, Oh, Mom, I'm sorry, I, I made a mistake. I remember my eldest daughter used to call it a, a steak. Mom, I made a steak, you know, like a piece of steak. I made a steak, you know, and so you praise them for owning up to that mistake. That's such a great skill to develop in a child. Praise them for helping around the house. In other words, praising them for doing those good quality character building type things. And that's so good, as I said, for the mind-brain body, the mind-brain body function and connection, all your psychoneurobiology. Okay, second thing. Let them fail and then praise the trying. It's so hard to let our kids fail. We want to bubble wrap them. We want to really focus around just, you know, helicopter parenting. And there's a lot out there on helicopter parenting. I have a great section in here highlighting it, what to look for, what not to look for, and how to replace it with what I call safety net parenting. So you know how helicopters hover? hovering over your child to make sure everything's okay, that they're safe, that they're protected, that, that, they, that they don't experience any failures or, or sadness and trying to fix everything. Not healthy. It's not realistic. It's not laying a foundation of strength for your child. It is masking instead of activating and releasing their, their natural resilience. Life is not like that. Life is not going to be one of having, hovering, and that will increase narcissism. I've got to always have someone making sure that everything just goes perfectly for me. 
and that will be narcissism. It will not build self-esteem. It's that trial and that crash and that support through the crash and what do we learn from the crash and then the building. That's what we need to put our children through, allow our children to go through. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, for example, helicopter parenting is this hovering, doing everything for your child, overseeing everything, making sure that they don't, if there's the slightest bit of discomfort, you remove that. The slightest bit of pain, oh, that person's wrong, let me comfort you. That's going to breed narcissism. Whereas if you can say, hey, think of a safety net. What is a safety net? Think of the old, think of when you watch someone who's an acrobat and there's a safety net underneath and they're climbing up that ladder to an incredible height. And then they jump off and they swing from one swing to the next and two people are catching each other and they're doing all these incredible things or walking across a tightrope. And then maybe they fall or they don't catch each other and they fall and they fall into the safety net. So that's what we want our children to do. We need to release them to climb the ladder of life, to swing on the swings of life and to fall. And maybe sometimes they fall 10 times before they get it. Get on that tightrope, fall 10, 20, 30, 40 times, but you are the safety net. What did we learn? What didn't work? I'm here, but I'm here when you've tried. And that's so much healthier. That builds self-esteem. You did it. You tried. Look there, you managed to get to the third level and you didn't fall. And the, you know, when you went too high, it was a bit, let's, you know, you, that was too high and you fell 10 times. But when we dropped down the level and you mastered that, you, you're not falling anymore. Now you can go a little bit higher and see you learning from this all the time. You're teaching them that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail. Failure is not a bad thing. We, instead of saying, oh my gosh, I failed. I can't do this. And, and the child will do that if, they are, if they're constantly told they've got to succeed or, or the, only the success is being praised. If you say, hey, that's okay. What did we learn from this? That then builds their self-esteem as opposed to getting angry with them or, or telling them they're bad or withholding your, your, your love or, or any kind of connection because they didn't achieve like they should have, that is no safety net. That's complete crash. So we can be hovering, we can remove this, we can have a safety net, or we can remove everything and then they crash and burn. And that's when they can develop traumatic coping responses and those traumatic coping responses can breed narcissism. Very often, I've got to protect myself. I've got to fight everyone just to get to the top to get some sort of level of recognition. Um, I'm doesn't matter what other people I've got to make other people feel bad to make me feel good that can come from us not but not going with the middle of the road which is the safety net parenting so when we hover or when we remove this the support both of those can two extremes can opposite extremes can breed narcissism whereas the safety net where it's okay to learn it's okay to make a mess how can we do this together let's you know, keep going keep trying it's the progress it's the trying that's the great thing that helps to breed self-esteem just one more point that I want to make about the, the, the safety net parenting. When the helicopter parenting kind of creates an entitlement that I deserve to have everything done for me and that the people in my life need to do everything for me. That's what per helicopter parenting is going to breed. If you do this repeatedly, within 63 days, you've wired this into the brain. 
And if you don't adjust that, if this is how they this is how they're nurtured through their life, that means that by the time they get to adolescence and adulthood, they've had they've created habits of this entitlement kind of attitude that I deserve to have everything done for me and I deserve for you to make me feel good and you need to make me feel good. I'm entitled to that. If you don't make me feel good, I'm going to make you feel bad to make me feel good. That's the sort of thing that's wired in. So now as an adult, when this is crashing relationships, there's a lot of rewiring that needs to be done. It can be done, but a lot of people get hurt in the process. And those of you know what I'm talking about, if you've had to deal with someone who has very strong narcissistic behaviors. Number three. Number two was let them try and fail and praise the trying. The helicopter versus uh, helicopter versus safety net parenting. Number three, ban harsh criticism from your parenting. Ban it. Harsh criticism does not make someone stronger. It can break a person. It can make a person feel totally traumatized. And it can basically make a person want to give up. Or it can make so it can make a person want to give up and withdraw. Or it can make someone develop coping mechanisms that are harsh as well, where they see that the only way that they're going to function is if they achieve and because it's so hard they then transfer that pain of that harsh criticism that made them kind of force them to achieve they then turn that uh, that becomes a narcissistic behavior pattern on others where that harshness is then translated into I'm going to make you feel bad about yourself to make me feel good about myself so don't say things like you are so difficult you are so bossy you are so lazy. You are so aggressive. That is very traumatizing. It's very harsh. There's no explanation attached to it. We should rather say, hey, you, you've been pretty difficult. And, you know, this is having all kinds of impact on, on your relationship with me, your siblings, my behavior. And difficult about these things. I'm, I'm seeing that you are showing up with these these behavior patterns. When you do this, it's difficult for me. It's difficult for your siblings. This is why it's difficult. This is what it's doing. So you're not just saying you are being so. You are, that you are statement. Rather describe that the behaviors that you are that you are showing are kind of difficult for all of us to live with because this is how they're difficult for me. It makes it difficult for me to X, Y, and Z. It's making it difficult for your siblings because of this. It's making it difficult for your friends, making it difficult for me to hug you or whatever. So in other words, describe the pattern. And then at the same time say, look, I understand that this is not who you are and you're showing up with this kind of behavior because of something going on in your life. But you know, you know it is having an impact. But can I help you work out why these sort of behavior patterns are happening that are making it kind of difficult to be around you at this stage? So description, elaborate. Instead of you are, end of story. That's harsh. That is going to lead to defensiveness. It's going to also crush a person's soul. And also that harsh, whatever that difficultness behavior is, is a signal for you as a parent that you can help them recognize as a signal that something's going on. They aren't being difficult for no reason. There's a reason. And yes, they have to understand the impact. I'm not saying that you don't have to teach them the impact, but you can do that with a lot of description, not harsh criticism. You can rather describe the situation firmly, show the impact, and then say, hey, let's work out together why you have this signal of being difficult in X, Y, and Z situation, and this is why it's difficult, let's work out why, and let's work out how we can get to the root of this and reconceptualize this into a better way of functioning that is going to be much easier for you and all of us, and you'll feel much happier too. 
that's the kind of now exactly those steps of how to do that in detail you'd use a neurocycle i tell you in detail how do you do that in this book this creates what this harsh criticism does is well okay first of all when you, when i say ban harsh criticism you want to rather explain why they did something wrong and give them a guide for next time so i've said that okay so just another point basically harsh criticism creates an i'm not good enough and this hurts so the only and this hurts the person so it creates in them i'm not good enough this is hurting me therefore the only way i can function and feel better about myself is to make people feel bad about themselves like i felt about myself and then that pent up energy from the pain and from the unsatisfied need in develop in their development will come out in hurting others so if you just harshly criticize that's sort of the message that they are building inside of me inside of themselves i'm not good enough this is painful the only way i can function is either by withdrawing or by basically making other feel people people feel hurt like me so then i don't have to focus on my hurt and their hurt makes me feel better about me and it's all distorted because harsh criticism is distorted and narcissism is a distorted response to patterns in childhood and to trauma and all kinds of things we'll talk about trauma in a moment okay number 4 don't punish a child for making a mistake that will breed narcissism it won't build self esteem it will make them feel like a failure and repeatedly this could lead to the coping mechanism of i need to make other people feel like a failure like in the previous one i need to harshly criticize other people to make them feel bad so i can make myself feel good i need to criticize others and make them feel like a failure in order to make myself feel good and these are the things that narcissism does to other people they it makes them feel bad about themselves Okay, and and the worse that a person feels about themselves, the more that the person with that narcissistic coping mechanism will then boost their own ego and inflate the ego, and it's all distorted, and everyone gets hurt. So this is why we want to be proactive and not leading with children, because today I'm talking about how we can help stop a child developing narcissistic behaviors and build self-esteem. Like healthy supplements and foods, the world of skincare can be overwhelming. There are so many choices out there. How do you know what to choose that is healthy for your skin and body and does not require hours of stressful work to maintain? This is why I was so excited to discover Purity Woods. Their mission is to provide people with the cleanest and most effective healthy aging and longevity products available. All of their products are USDA certified organic, non-GMO, free of anything artificial, free of toxic preservatives and synthetic additives like pesticides, chemical fertilizers and dyes. parabens and of course it's cruelty free and never tested on animals plus they're so easy to use even when you're on the go or traveling purity woods products leverage the wonders of a revolutionary ingredient maple leaf extract maple leaves contain anti-inflammatory antioxidants and hydrating properties which can help soothe irritated or inflamed skin while also plumping brightening and nourishing it i personally love their age defying dream cream it is a real game changer It makes me look and feel like I have jumped back years in time. Its powerful formula contains revolutionary maple leaf extracts plus over 25 unique and potent ingredients that help eliminate fine lines, wrinkles, age spots and uneven skin tone. It was formulated by skincare chemists at the top of their field to create a product that supports collagen and elastin production without irritation, drying of the skin or hormone disruption. turn back time on the appearance of your skin with purity woods age defined dream cream go to puritywoods.com/drleaf 
or enter the code DRLEAF at checkout for 10% off your first order. That's P-U-R-I-T-Y-O-O-D-S dot com and enter the code DRLEAF for 10% off your first order. The link and details will be in the show notes. So what we want to do is don't punish a child for making a mistake, which will make them feel like a failure. And this could lead to a coping mechanism of I need to make people feel like a failure to make myself feel good. Rather help them see the value in mistakes. See them see the value. Mistakes are great learning opportunities. You and I both know this. We need that grace as much. We need to give ourselves that grace as much as we give our children. Mistakes are valuable tools to learn from. So no punishment for mistakes. Turn them into lessons. Okay. We need to rather help them see the value in mistakes, the lessons to be learned, and how to correct the mistakes. Don't assume they know they're a child. Trigger the responsibility to learn how to to turn this around, but you're going to have to model it. You're going to have to teach as they're growing up. And even when they're adults and adolescents, we get better and better at learning from our mistakes. But me still as an adult, I value from getting the help when I've made a mistake, getting someone to help me see another side of what I could learn from the mistakes. Number five. Provide more opportunities for team building activities and collaboration within your family and with friends. This builds self-esteem. This will help your child see the value in others. When you collaborate and see, oh, this one brings this to the party and look how this one plays this game and look how all of us together are having so much fun and sharing and whether it's through games or whether it's through discussions or whether it's through reading a book together and talking about how great that book was and enjoying the the, the camaraderie of the book or the movie you've watched, that's collaborative. That's deep meaning, creating deep meaningful relationships. How did that movie make you feel? And you know, did you have an experience like that? And how do you, how, wow, did you experience that? Wow, I didn't know you felt like that. Wow, I really, you know, that's team building, collaboration, deep meaningful relationships that build self-esteem, that helps a child see that Everyone's having experiences and we all experience things differently and some are sad and, and I can help and sometimes they feel sad and I can help them with that sadness and sometimes I feel sad and someone can help me with that sadness, that back and forth, that, that di- dyadic back and forth deep develops their deep pragmatic skills on how to be able to connect with each other. So good at self-esteem and so good at not building narcissism. So this will help your child see the value in others and how working with others can be great, fun, healthy, and deeply satisfying as it meets our need for deep, meaningful connections. Many people who battle with narcissistic type behavior think that they're the best and that they don't need anyone else and they can do it all on their own and they don't value the contribution of others or don't believe another person can really speak into their lives or another person cares enough to actually hear how they feel. So they're on the defense mode all the time. Okay, so we don't want our child to get into that defense mode all the time, which will come from the harsh criticism and all the things that I've already said. So this collaborative thing really helps to to teach them that they they can value what others contribute and that others value what they can contribute. And, you know, we need a lot of these experiences to build self-esteem and not to build narcissism. Number six, as parents, we cannot 100% prevent trauma from happening to our children as much as we would like to not have it happen. Trauma will happen on a scale of 1 to 10, hopefully not too many of the 8, 9s and 10s, which are the extreme ones like, you know, the abuse and extreme bullying and sexual and physical trauma and that kind of stuff and relationship trauma. The 1, 2, 3 day-to-day stuff, you know, that's daily struggles, that's going to happen as well. We can't prevent it. 
we can try as much as possible. But at the end of the day, we can't prevent it. So we have to deal with the impact. And that's what I deal with a lot. There's a whole section on trauma here with a very moving story about a child who was very sexually and physically abused. And when they're from a three-month-old and how, as a family, they got through this and whatever. And, and then I talk, explain trauma and how do you do a trauma neurocycle. In fact, this book, I deal with, you know, a lot of these things I'm talking about in the podcast, I go to in detail. Like in the second, first half of the book, I help you understand how to do the neurocycle and help give you the words for explaining this to your children and what thoughts are and warning signals in, in simple language for two to 10-year-olds with the languaging adapted and so on. And then in the second part, I tell you how to actually do the neurocycle. In the third part, I cover things like trauma. And there's the trauma neurocycle, identity issues, self-esteem, etc. And there's an identity issue in neurocycle, social interactions like bullying and so on. And I give you, you know, there's a story and there's a neurocycle for social interactions. Labels, what they do, how to deal with a neurocycle for dealing with labels and sleep issues. So there's lots of practical ideas and advice in there. Okay, so we can't. 100% prevent traumas happening. However, unresolved trauma, unresolved trauma, listen to me, unresolved trauma will potentially could breed narcissism because unresolved trauma distorts experiences and constant unresolved trauma can lead to very, very, very distorted reactions in a child's life. AKA when we see, you know, the shootings that we see in this country and we see the abuse that happens in life and the, and I'm not saying every unresolved trauma will lead to those extremes, but extreme unresolved trauma is certainly going to breed levels of narcissism, which can lead to all kinds of other things. So it's really important as parents that we do manage narcissism. I'm sorry, that we do manage unresolved trauma. And that is why, really, you need to get your hands on this book so that you can understand how to recognize the signs of trauma and how to manage the unresolved trauma. We're also adding in, adding in cycles into the NeuroCycle app to help parents help their children with all these issues as well. And there's specific neurocycles, additional ones inside the app that we'll be releasing close to the release of the book to help you as well. So this is where the neurocycle comes in, that you can learn to recognize the signals and help your child recognize the signals of unresolved trauma, what that looks like, in the, how they feel, in their body, in their behaviors, in their perspectives, and how to work through once you've gathered awareness, how to reflect on understanding how this is showing up in my life and getting catching that all to try and dig down deep and see what are all the memories, what is the root, what's been and what's involved in this. And then that wow mo moment of step number four in the neurocycle of, okay, this has happened. What can I do about this? And then the active reach to ground and anchor you and grow the positive, healthy news thought tree. And this doesn't, as we know, as I say so often, this is not going to be resolved with one neurocycle, with one sitting down, with one therapeutic intervention. This is over time. We have to understand that the neurocycle is clinically worked out as a time frame within, that works within a time frame. Rewiring the brain takes time. So it's going to be multiple of these cycles. And that's why mind management is a, life, is, is a lifestyle. And this is why I've made suggestions in previous podcasts, but if you haven't yet heard it, create a neurocycle sec section in your in your house. So when you are working through issues, it's this beautiful section with a little bench or a chair and your neurocycle book and your brainy and your coloring book and your pencils and your crayons and, and a whiteboard or a blackboard or whatever paint on the wall where you go to that area that you can then work through issues. So if you have found yourself being too harsh on your child and criticizing your child harshly I want to say to you it's okay go listen to the messy parenting podcast it's okay give yourself you know give yourself grace I've done it own it own your mistake just doing that 
is going to empower you to get power over that pattern of potentially you were harshly criticized and it's wired in. So you need to do the work of recognizing where it comes from and you do need to do the neurocycle. So you need to go to the neurocycle corner or the neurocycle beautiful area in your house, a happy, safe space where you can then work through where your harsh parenting, harsh criticism, messy parenting has come from, giving yourself the permission. It's okay to be a mess, but now you're learning to manage it. And from there, you can then help reframe and your active reaches would be to find alternative statements. So instead of falling into the pattern of the harsh criticism or the ways that you've potentially been breeding narcissism in your child, you now have your active reaches to practice these new statements and these things that I've shared with you. So all in all, you collaboratively help improve your mental health together. Well, thank you for joining me today. I hope this has helped you. Share this episode with your friends and family. We all need to help each other. It's going to be a way better world when we're all managing our mind more effectively and helping each other as parents to help make sure we build our children's self-esteem and not narcissistic tendencies and behaviors in our children. And we can do this. We can help each other. So share this with others. Talk about it. Give me a give me a feedback. Go and rate it on the on, on the on, go and rate it at, on iTunes and on the App Store and wherever you listen to podcasts. Go and rate this because the more ratings I get, the more I can bring you this information. And I really appreciate that. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you next time. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.